Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 222 is with Bob Crawford from the Avit Brothers. His podcast is titled Founding Son, John Quincy's America. What's going on, Ara? How oh, you doing? Oh, man, we've had three days of rain here, man. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming this way uh, <laughs> starting today and all weekend long. There you go. It's because we had it in the Carolinas first. Thanks. Yeah, Arrow, I'm actually in uh, outside Durham. Are so you I'm, really? I'm with you in the rain. <laughs> I'm Thanks for sending swim. it up here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to uh, swim down to uh, uh, Concord uh, this afternoon. We're playing at Merlefest tonight. Are you right? Oh, that's so amazing. Man, you guys have always stayed so local and so in touch with everybody, with, with the sights and the sounds and the connection with people. Well, you know, we we uh, we love uh, as a Jersey boy. Uh, I love North Carolina has has given me my success uh, and more importantly, my wife, my kids. And <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you just uh, it's, it's a great place to be. So what are you doing with a podcast about John Quincy when you know that right here in Charlotte, this is all about Andrew Jackson? Yeah, it's true. The Waxalls. I mean, you know, well, I'll tell you what's fascinating about those two. And this is we cover this in the series is that they're both born in 1767 of the politicians of their time. They're the only two that had experiences in the Revolutionary War. And they had but but they had vastly different experiences. Right. John Quincy Adams is the son of John Adams. Mm -hmm. He'll be the second president. He's a founding father. So during the revolution, Adams takes his 11-year-old son, John Quincy, to Paris, to France, with and he's with but he's John Quincy's going to the opera with Thomas Jefferson in Paris. He's being educated in schools, in French schools alongside Ben Franklin's grandchildren. And uh he's eating these you know, exotic cuisines. He's learning how to speak all these languages. And then in the, at the same time, at the very same time, Andrew Jackson is in the Waxalls and he's yep. he gets his uh, a British soldier hits him over the face w- with a butt of a sword. And he's got this scar for life. His brother, you know, dies after being released from a British prison. His mother goes to nurse um, Revolutionary War sick on a on a ship off the coast of Charleston. She dies of smallpox. Mm. You know the, the revolution leaves Jackson an orphan, and Adams is set up to be on this inside track, this inside American to to become America's top diplomat. Yeah. You know. So so okay. So why why John Quincy Adams? Because. To put it simply, and this was my pitch to iHeart to make this, he's George Washington appoints him to his first diplomatic post, minister to the Netherlands. Adams goes on to serve in Congress alongside Abraham Lincoln. Oh my God. He is the bridge between these two important eras of our history. And when we study history, these are the eras that we study. Well, you know. The Civil War didn't happen one day. It happened over the course of 30 years. And Adams was at the center of it as slavery went from being something we just didn't talk about because it was a hard conversation for Americans to have in Congress. He, as a congressman from Massachusetts, after he was a failed one-term president, he brings the issue of slavery to the center of the American Congress, to the center of the American consciousness. And I really felt that 
it was his time to be recognized for that. See, I'm so proud of you for putting this together because, you know, most most people, millennials up, up into the Generation Z and X, they, they don't know the presidents of the United States. And this gives people the opportunity to tap into a layer of America because you're right. This is about the building blocks. Nothing happens overnight. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Adams was a secretary of state for eight years under James Monroe. And we're talking about 1820, the Missouri Compromise. Whoa. Adams is confessing in his journal. And he kept a journal, a diary, from 1779 till the day he died in 1848. Mm. So this is this amazing, we have this incredible resource of just not even like about him, but about what was going on at the time and, and what was, you know, he he used it to settle scores. He He told us what he really thought in his diary. But he confesses this slavery issue. I know there's only one way it will ever be solved, and it, it's by civil war. So he knows at that point in 1820, he knows what's going to happen, and he confesses it to his diary periodically in the next uh, almost three decades to come. So it's really important for us as Americans, and, and it's it's not going to make us feel better about where we are today, but uh, the, the, the two things that I want – all my years of studying American history, these are the two things that I think I now understand mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. One is democracy is always in crisis. <laughs> I don't care. You pick an era, a decade, a generation. Democracy by its nature is always under threat and it's always in crisis. Two, History maybe doesn't repeat itself exactly. I mean, Mark Twain said history doesn't repeat, it rhymes, which I've always kind of liked. <laughs> but I, I think it's different than that. I think it's history doesn't repeat itself. It's just that people don't change. Right. Human beings. We have this here. I'm talking to you. You're two hours down the road. <laughs> I'll talk to somebody today, I'm sure, on the other side of the country at some point. And it's like we're in the same room almost. And we have this amazing technology, but the human heart, greed, lust, yep. the, the striving for power, absolute power, um, our capacity to do incredible good, all these things, the complexity of the human heart, the human soul, however you want to put it, it hasn't changed. We're the same people that, uh, that were putting on powdered wigs. I mean, we're the same people. <laughs> In the Bible, it's just it hasn't pick pick an error of 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 humanity. We haven't changed as people. You know, you bring up a very interesting point about that because there are many times that when you bring bring up the Bible, it's it's like it's like whoa, wait, wait a second. I've read this story before. I've been here before. Change is everything, but people fear change because it comes with challenges. And if you if you're challenged, and how many people back up and say, oh no, no, I'm not going that way. And you, as a musician, you you've gone through challenges and changes, and and you've had to develop your own style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, personal and professional. Yeah. Right. You know, the the big personal challenge is I have a daughter who's had uh, cancer three times oh, man. at uh, 22 months old. She was told, you know, we were told that she wasn't going to make it. Um, and she is she'll be 14 November 1st. Wow. And and it's still a struggle. And, and it's left her, you know, with with uh, incredibly severely disabled. But she's amazing and she's joyful and she spreads joy. So that's a personal challenge that we've experienced. And then professionally, you know how hard it is for a band to survive. Yeah. 
you know, and we've been around for 22 years now <laughs> and, you know, we, we've, we've kind of fallen into our own thing and we have an amazing, uh, fan base that, that supports us and is incredibly loyal and dedicated to us. And, and, you know, it hasn't always been easy, but, but longevity, look, Willie Nelson, we're going to go <laughs> so lucky to do this. We're going to go play for Willie Nelson's 90th birthday this weekend. Wow. And and when we watch him on this from the side of the stage, because we've been so fortunate to tour with him, uh, you know, a couple shows a year for the past uh, seven or eight years, you watch him, and it's 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 the idea of the longevity, yeah. the fact that that he's kept it going this long, and and you only do that by by rolling with the punches, right, and, and by being flexible, and by learning and growing and and being humble so so um although he sings hard to be humble which is pretty awesome but <laughs> anyway but but you know yeah we you know like john quincy adams uh who went through a lot of struggles a lot of heartache a lot of personal struggles uh personal tragedy um you just keep finding a way building this podcast with your writers and producers. Are you in the studio with them or are you just dropping tracks? Because the way that you bring this together, it's almost like you're there because you're going, mm, I didn't like the way that read went. I, I'm going to, I'm a little bit out of tune with my speaking. I'm going to go in this direction instead. Well, you know, like making a movie, like making an album, you know, there is editing that yeah, goes into yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but we had a great, I worked with a great team. It was a, uh, of course, iHeart and, and Curiosity Podcast have been so great to bring this thing to the world. We, I worked with a production team, School of Humans, and uh, my story editor was James Morrison, and our producer was Jessica Metzger. And Jessica was just making sure we had the talent in, and and all the deadlines were met, and and you know flagging things in the script that maybe were yep. we needed to look at and, and fact check. And then James, like I would write a script and then send it to James and then James would make changes and send it to me. And then I would make changes and send it back to him. So it was this great team effort of just really trying to get the story because we're covering a lot of time here, mm -hmm. you know, we're covering decades of American history, a lot of like battles on the house floor. How do we make that exciting? Well, Adams made that exciting because he was very witty, very sarcastic, very, you know, just a, a great order. So, so, and that's what made me think, Hey, we can bring this to life. Like reading the actual debates on from the house floor from the 1830s and 1840s. I was like, man, this is incredible. This ain't C-SPAN. Yeah. Like this is incredible. Um, but, but how do we, you know, condense time and how do we bring out those specific scenes that, that will, get people listening and, and get them to want to keep listening. Well, see, and you do it in a way that's attract, reattract, attract, reattract, because that's what you're doing with, with Nick and Patrick is that you get my attention. You reattract my attention. You there's, there's constant change in there while keeping, you know, forward motion taking place. Can I tell you what this, what made me think about this when, when we were like writing these scripts, when we write a set list for the band, mm -hmm. it, we think about dynamics and we say, okay, we got two hours with, with people. How are we going to make this like up and down, keep it going, build yep. tension, give high moments. So we come out, you got seven piece rock band. Then at some point you're going to have a guy by himself singing a song, you know, then you're gonna have a duo. You can have a trio. You're gonna have a quartet. You're gonna have a woman come out with a fiddle and, and play a song and play fiddle. You know, we're going to give you, 
hard rock. We're going to give you bluegrass. We're going to give you, you know, and that. So when I'm writing this script, I'm thinking, okay, we got narration, we've got experts, and we have dialogue. And we just had the dialogue written in at some point, and it was a little later than I think the producers would have liked because it sent this is the uh, a tip of the hat to Jessica Metzger because she had to take care of all that like sag you know stuff and and becoming a sanctioned uh a job for people in the industry but I thought what if I got my friends to read these lines at first it was like hey what if I just get my friends to do this Mm -hmm. and then it was like well who would be a good Andrew Jackson well the only name I could think of was Nick Offerman. (laughs) So, and then I take my daughter to St. Jude for her checkup for, you know, she goes every three months to check for her her MRI to check for her brain tumor. And I'm friends with the CEO there and Rick Shadiak. And he's like, I'm telling him about this project. He's like, do you know Patrick Warburton? I was like, Oh, I know who he is. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm good friends with you. He is an incredible supporter of St. Jude. Let me connect you guys. Wow. And so I got connected to Patrick and told him about the, you know, Patrick would probably do anything for a St. Jude family. First of all, that's how he and his wife are in. Hey, they've raised millions upon millions of dollars for, for the hospital. And, uh, but I told, I told him about my daughter. I told him about the series and he was just like completely into it. So, so a lot of it was luck, but it was this idea of, of how do we create a dynamic storyscape? So if you're listening for 30 minutes, just jump in, put, you know, put it on your car, put on your headphones and um, let's go for a ride. And that was kind of the, the whole concept. In all the research that you've done, were, were you shocked at any time? Because I was shocked to hear that Andrew Jackson was the one that stepped forward and said that things are corrupt. I thought, man, I've never heard that story. And I've been down there to the museum a billion times. Yes, it was. I'll tell you, it just, it, again, history doesn't repeat, it, but these chimes go off, right? For me, these, like when I'm reading history, a, a bell will go off in my head. And it's this idea if you got... 1824 you got you know four legitimate candidates for the presidency and no one gets a majority of electoral votes so it goes into the house of representatives and the top three by the constitution the top three i believe it's the 12th amendment top three are going to be voted on by the house so once the election goes into the house the american people are left out yep right now now it's no longer you're not being elected by by the citizens of the country. Now you're being elected by an elite body. And Adams, that's where Adams wins. And and Jackson had won the popular vote and he had won a majority of the plurality. But Adams uh, wins and he nominates Henry Clay from Kentucky, uh, one of their com- four competitors who didn't make it to the House vote. And what what clay clay hated jackson they had a history they had a past and so clay lobbied for adams and then adams nominates clay secretary of state at the time well we had uh we had washington adams and then jefferson served as secretary of state he becomes president madison serves as secretary of state he becomes president monroe serves as secretary of state he becomes president adams Secretary of State, he's now going to become president. So Secretary of State at that point looked looked kind of like a stepping stone to the presidency. Yep. So of course, Jackson and his 
more more so his Jackson's men, right? Jackson's part new party that's forming, which is going to be the Democratic Party, say this is a corrupt bargain. This was a stolen election. This was a deep state conspiracy, and and that and then it spreads through the press. And at the time, everybody, all the press was partisan. <laughs> all of it was partisan. <laughs> if you were a politician, you had your own newspaper. I mean, that's just how it was. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. I could talk to you all day. But the good news is I have the podcast, Founding Son, John Quincy's America. And you were you were talking about the building blocks of things, and you were t- the band has been together for 22 years. Before the big moment, you and I performed on the same stage. It was a wedding at the quarry in Mooresville. And and I was, oh, the, I I, I was the DJ, and you guys played on that. I mean, I, I kept wondering if you guys were going to bump your head on that roof what a great location yeah how about it i mean that's that's a carolina secret is what that place is it really is it's like something from somewhere else some paradise (laughs) wow well you got to come back to this show anytime in the future the door is always going to be open for you just ask i will be there my friend i'll go through john hancock all right (laughs) oh yes please do i love john yes sir man oh my god yes so great (laughs) well you be brilliant today okay i will i'll do my best you too thank you sir take care